0: Joke backwards country. That's what we are becoming, and it's happening very, very fast. Our culture, our politics, the criminal justice system it's a mess. It's terrible, and exemplified again today by the treatment of President Trump. What they're trying to do to him, another indictment coming down the pike, you know. We don't believe you guys. We don't believe the prosecutors. We don't believe the government. No credibility whatsoever. Zero. None. What is this? The third, fourth indictment? Something like that? Plus that phony trial? I mean, these cases span many, many years, but they're all coming to a head right now. Hmm? (laughs) Just a few months before this political season really gets uh, hot, take a look. Stormy Daniels. Remember this nonsense, right? Right. Uh, The alleged misconduct, the bookkeeping matter, 2020. All right. So that's three years ago. E. Jean Carroll and her outlandish uh, allegations. Was it 1995? Was it 1996? Uh, She's not even sure. Uh, The documents charade. uh, That really bothered me, oh, by the way, when the FBI broke into Mar-a-Lago, August of 2022. And then uh, the January 6th stuff. This is what we think the next indictment is going to pertain to. All of this, if you put it all together and you average it out, it's a span of 28 years. But all of these matters, again, have converged in a period of four months this year in 2023 from March through July as the presidential campaign is in full swing. Three indictments, one trial. And we've got what is it? Five months until the Iowa caucuses. Five months at the Iowa. You think they're trying to influence an election? Isn't that possibly just a little bit, just a little bit likely? I think so. We know so. You know, President Trump said this today. Rather than looking at the cheaters, the weaponized DOJ and FBI target and harass those who complain about the cheaters. What a great way of summing it up. You know, he sees overt corruption. And he complains about it. And he's the one in trouble. We all saw the overt corruption, by the way.
1: I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> you got fired.
0: Wow. And Hunter Biden works at Burisma, the company that they were looking into. This was on television, right, in January of 2018. Donald Trump sees it. It strikes him as odd. It strikes everybody as odd. And when you're talking to somebody from Ukraine, like the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, it came up. Uh, The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution. And a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do. Next, please. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me, which it was. And Zelensky, oh, by the way, knew exactly what he was talking about. I know this, Mother, Mr. President, we will check into it. But look, we can't call this stuff out. We can't when it's staring us in the face. We have to play along with their game. Now it's January 6th. Again, this January 6th stuff continues. How long has it been? It's been two and a half years. I've gone through this a million different ways. You know. You know the stuff that I know. We've shared it here together. I do know this, though, and I've never pointed this out. When they say coup, that's really offensive. A coup. A military takeover. The idea of the president of the United States
2: trying to stage a coup such as this is extraordinary, insidious, and we've never seen anything like it in our history.
1: Donald Trump's most absurd attempt to stage a coup. That was insurrection. That was an attempted coup incited by the president. We know
3: that uh, Donald Trump uh, incited violence. He uh, was responsible for the attempted coup.
0: All right. They're all lying through their teeth, or they don't know what a real coup is. When the military, when there's an armed takeover of the government, we see them, well, we see them throughout history. Uh, You see them in Africa. You see them in third world countries. Uh, They happen. uh, Regimes come and go. Perhaps the most famous one was in Chile when uh, Pinochet took over. I mean, does this look like January 6th? This is, no, January 6th was not this. They actually brought in strike fighters, okay, to get Pinochet in power. And America had a hand in that. You know, the closest thing to a coup in January 6th involves General Mark Milley and how insubordinate he was to a democratically elected president, Trump, and all the stuff he was pulling behind the scenes. That was arguably coup-like. Anyway, you know what this country went through in 2020. Black Lives Matter, right? It was the most glorious and beautiful thing anybody in the media had ever seen. But suddenly, in an instant, when all those MAGA people chose to walk around the Capitol, literally, when they're walking, listen to how irate the media is.
1: This is the United States of America, and we're watching protesters try to undermine the course of an election, a constitutional process, through force, by storming the United look, look, look States at, Capitol? Look
0: at that. That is outside. Jake, Jake, I'm sorry to interrupt, but look at those pictures. Have you ever seen anything like that? I mean, these, these are protesters outside on the steps of the Capitol. They're physically in there. Well, it's a fitting end to an era that has been
1: characterized by lawlessness.
0: Wow, you can't gather and protest outside. Look at what they're reacting to. Those pictures. I love this little experiment. The same sequence with the sound off. They're totally flabbergasted. Are we? Hmm. It doesn't seem so dramatic without the irate narration, does it? Not at all. Interesting how that works, huh? Let's try it again. Dana Bash over at the Fake News was pulling her hair out. Basically taking over, storming the Capitol.
3: it's, It's anarchy. It really is anarchy. And the president has encouraged this time and time again. And they are stopping the constitutional peaceful
1: transfer of power.
0: One more time. Let's put the sound down. Let's mute it. Take two. It's anarchy. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Oh, wow. Where's the National Guard? You see, right? It's almost like they wanted to, almost like they they wanted to make it something worse than it was. Yeah, sure. So January 6th, the January 6th committee, they uh, equally hyped this thing out of all proportion. From their final report issued in December, I think President Trump had the TV on in the dining room at 2:38 p.m. Fox News was showing video of the chaos and attack, with tear gas filling the, the air in the Capitol rotunda, and a newscaster reported, "This is a very dangerous situation." The implication is, at that point, President Trump should have gone to DEFCON five. What was he supposed to do when Brett Baer gave us the news? First of all, uh, we went from a peaceful protest, and this is a very dangerous situation right now, um, that there are, I'm being told, these protesters on the inside are around both chambers and there is now tear gas inside the Capitol Rotunda. In fact, members Uh locked in the house are being instructed to put on masks. Okay, let's try it with the sound off. (laughs) And we don't even know if President Trump was watching the TV. Maybe he had his back to it. Maybe he had it muted. Maybe he was going around the dial. They all said. And Brett Bear said something. What was he supposed to do? Was he supposed to call the secretary of defense or the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs? Why didn't one of those guys call him? Especially General Milley, who we were talking about a little while ago. Nevertheless, President Trump all afternoon when it said, "Okay, wait, there's something going on there. What can I do? I'm the president. You guys, you're the security forces. I can tweet. I can communicate. And he did relentlessly all afternoon. Multiple tweets telling people to be peaceful and that video statement Uh, that was important. Uh, Ron DeSantis, however, didn't get the memo about any of this. Ron DeSantis is uh, he's flailing right now. And, well, when you're flailing, you try stuff like this. There's a difference between being brought up on criminal charges and, and doing things. Like, for example, um, I think it was shown how he was in the White House and didn't do anything while, while things were going on. Uh, he should have come out more forcefully. Of course that. But to try to criminalize that, that's a, diff- that's a different issue entirely. All right. So he's really listening and reading and parroting the mainstream media in a lot of different ways. Uh, And he was he was active. He was tweeting. He put that video statement out. It's amazing, though, where we are right now. We all have seen a lot from Hunter Biden and his dad and the text messages and all the weirdness. Let's put them up side by side. At this point, Donald Trump is dealing with 71 felonies. And those guys have zero. We've seen the documents. We've seen the suspicious activity reports. We know about the millions coming to the Bidens from Ukraine, from Romania, from China. Zero felonies to 71. This also drives him crazy, though. It's not making a difference in our support for him.
2: His base has rallied behind him and these in these indictments in terms of fundraising have been a boon to the former president. This is the, the counterintuitive, crazy way that, uh, that Trump and MAGA work.
1: There's no candidate that's putting it all together in a way that could be a serious rival to Trump. And these indictments just are not hurting him. They're sort of coalescing more support behind him.
0: So why are they trying this next one, the January 6th one? Maybe because they already did the paperwork. I mean, it's not working the way they want it to work. Uh, Look at the polls. They're right. Uh, 30 points, 30 points in front of Ron DeSantis. I mean, look at these other guys. Uh, It goes on like this. It goes on. Poll after poll after poll showed Donald Trump. um, I mean, it's almost impossible seeing him losing this thing at this point. And very competitive, beating Joe Biden in poll after poll after poll. So I know it, you know it. Fox News.
4: Mm. I'm pleased to report that I heard you weren't too happy with this particular uh, network, Fox. But... But...
3: No, I was watching. I was watching. Yeah, I, I understand you exactly, but not exactly friendly.
0: All right. So uh, he, likes some of the people over there, not all the people, he expressed his fondness for news facts and this television show. Uh, but he's right. A lot of those guys over there have a big chip on their shoulder about Trump. And when they do a Trump story, well, they like to ignore it as much as possible. For instance, when this broke today, uh, what was the top story over there at Fox
1: News? Welcome, everybody. I'm Neil Cavuto. My thanks to my friend Charles Payne for filling in so ably yesterday. First, now to Brandy Campbell on the weather and the heat wave. Let's go to Miami where she is. Brandi.
0: Uh, all right. I know it was hot, but it is July and uh, all right. they did get around to it a little bit later in the show when they had Vivek Ramaswamy on, who has promised to pardon President Trump, which a lot of Fox does not like. These are
1: touchy subjects, but I believe no, no it is doubt. important but, but to speak the truth without apology. You've also been on record as saying that you would pardon the president should he assume or you assume office. Do you still stand by that? Because I would there are because people I think we who do not do. like what went down and don't think you're in a position to should become president <laughs> to go ahead and pardon him. I don't like what went down, Neil, but, but I think our justice system to him against it, their it, political opponents. It, it, President Ramaswamy, you'd have a lot to pardon him for. Three cases, maybe a fourth that could build with Georgia and his alleged role there, trying to influence that election. Would you pardon him for all of those? Wow, there
0: goes President Trump trying to influence an election that he's in, that he's a candidate in. He's on the ballot. You can't influence that election. You see how they've criminalized everything? I'm going to have more to say about Georgia later, but this is what I was talking about earlier, a joke, foolish, weirdo, backwards country, and I think we're all losing our minds. It started, well, I don't know, 2008. Let's say 2008. You know what happened in 2008? A lot of people got Facebook. A lot of people started wasting their time on the internet. We now spend trillions and trillions and trillions of hours doing stuff that we weren't doing In the 90s, in the 80s, we just, what were we doing with that time? We were living far more productive lives, and we were doing our jobs better. And that brings me to this serial killer they found on Long Island. Now, let's go through it. The authorities had all of this information. Since 2012, 11 years ago, they knew the kind of car the suspect drove, a Chevy Avalanche. They had a description of him, six foot, four inches tall, maybe 250 pounds. They knew where he probably lived, a small village on Long Island called Massapequa Park. And they also figured out that he had an office in Midtown Manhattan. That's all the way back in 2012. But they couldn't figure it out that it was this guy, Rex Hoyerman. Rex Hoyerman. Uh, That's that's pretty crazy. It suggests kind of like, look, we've all kind of lost our minds a little bit. Bad things are happening in this culture. A lot of it driven from the Internet. And uh, I can't begin to actually make sense of it all. But something's up if they couldn't figure this case out with all of that evidence so long ago. Quick update, by the way, he uh, he's on suicide watch. Authorities believe the family knew nothing about this, and the family is cooperating. They're horrified. They're embarrassed. They're disgusted by all of this. And the first thing that Hoyerman, the alleged killer, wanted to know when they threw him in jail, am I on the news? These guys love to see themselves on the news. And uh, I guess he did get that part of it. He got his wish. Maybe we should do something about that. All right. Be right back.
1: And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level. And as, well as, yes. and, uh, as I uh, affirmed to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday.
0: Buh, 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 buh. This is the president of the United States. Uh, uh, what, use that amendment. What is it, the 22nd Amendment, the 25th Amendment? One of those amendments they got to figure out. He is totally incapable of performing this job. It's amazing. And they give Trump a hard time. They give Rudy a hard time. Rudy Giuliani, uh, you know, with this indictment coming down on Trump, I want to know if Rudy is in jeopardy. We'll talk to him in just a moment. It's incredible what they're putting good, honest people through. Meanwhile, the Bidens, (laughs) the scams that these guys have had going for uh, decades and it goes up right until tonight.
3: I'm Frank Biden. I'm the non-attorney senior advisor to clients statewide who need diversified business solutions through the Berman Law Group. I'm available for consultation with attorney Teddy Berman in any of our offices statewide.
0: Wow. What a what's the word scam? Non-attorney spokesman. He'll show up anywhere in Florida. What does he have to offer his name? Biden by, that's, that's what he's selling. That's what he's selling, and it's wrong. Is it legal? I guess maybe, kind of. It must be. It's on television. Well, that doesn't mean anything. How about this?
3: The bully pulpit that I have as a result of the privilege of being associated with, with my brother Joey. And I'll do everything in my power to support you to get the job done, to get federal dollars to your
0: research get federal dollars because of my association with my my brother, Joey. And what a privilege that is for Frank. You know, it's supposed to be about public service. The Bidens, I don't think they ever, ever, ever knew that. I want to show you something going all the way back to 1977. Joe was in trouble for taking his brother on a trip that he had no business being on. Biden took along his brother, Frank, on a 1976 congressional junket to Africa, and Frank never paid airfare for the trip goes on to say, oh, there's a lot of words here, but Frank Biden, who was 22, did accompany him to Africa in November of 1976 and he did not pay any airfare, the senator conceded, but he contended no payment for the flight was required and the trip met acceptable congressional practice. Hmm. Uh, I I find out he went on a wildlife trip. Photo safari when he uses his position to take a relative along on a foreign junket without reimbursing that person's airplane expenses, that's an issue. So said Mr. Baxter, who I think was running against him for uh, re election there. I took my brother for two reasons, the senator explained. I didn't take any staff, so he was my staff and for company. I wasn't married then. Oh, it's always about Joe and the, the story and the legend of Joe. Well, on these congressional delegations, sometimes they allow you to take a dependent. That generally means a spouse, not a little brother. He's not technically a dependent. Although, in a way, from what we just saw in that TV commercial, it's very, very dependent on the Biden last t- name. All right, take a look at this. I
4: just want to find uh, 11,780... 780- votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break.
0: You know, we think that he's going to be possibly indicted for this, for complaining about an election as a candidate. You are allowed to do that. This is still America, I think. And you're allowed to complain and you're allowed to demand a recount. You're allowed to say a lot of stuff. He also said this.
4: Social media is big tech, big tech is on your side, you know. I don't even know why you have a side, because you should wanna have an accurate election.
1: And you're a Republican. We believe, that we do have an accurate election. No, I no you don't, no, no you don't. <laughs>
0: We believe that we do have an accurate election. That's uh, Brad Raffensperger on the phone. I think that's his name, Raffensperger. He was the secretary of state of Georgia. And you got to watch out for somebody who calls himself Mr. Integrity. Raffensperger, because he's anti-Trump, gets a book deal. Integrity Counts by me, Brad Raffensperger. And in the book, we find out a couple of things. Number one, he loves Jimmy Carter, the liberal, the election meddler. This guy has created so much havoc with elections. He gets way, the, the fake news has said, crafted so many legends, fake news stories about this guy. Also, he's terribly, terribly anti-Trump. Beginning long before the election and every day since, President Trump had attacked the foundation of our democracy and undermined Americans' faith in our electoral institutions long before the election. See? He is a Trump hater. So regarding January 6th, and everybody overlooks this, there's a thing called the Electoral Count Act of 1887, and under that, you are allowed to object to the electoral count, just like Democrats did, especially in 2017.
5: Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the
1: 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? This is in writing, Mr. President? Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained.
0: See how we're trying to sneak that by? We don't have a senator yet, Mr. Uh, Mr. Vice President. Well, you got to have one. And on January 6th of 2021, they did. And it's legal and it's under the law.
5: I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise?
3: I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona.
5: Uh, Is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is.
0: So that's an insurrection, something that the Democrats tried. It's totally legal. uh, And now they've made a federal legal case about it. And they want to throw President Trump in jail. And maybe even our friend Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, joins us now. Mr. Mayor, you heard what president. First of all, welcome. Great to see you. Uh, (laughs) What do you know about the indictment, pending indictment, apparently against Trump? And are you in trouble as well? Well, I
3: don't know. I haven't received a letter uh nor has anyone else that I know of. Uh, I'm not in contact with with everyone, but uh, when I spoke today to uh, the campaign, uh, several of the other people that testified have not received letters either. Uh, So I don't know. But, you know, they they don't have to send you a letter. Uh, Usually you do, but it's not an absolute requirement. Uh, The the idea that they're going to prosecute him for this is horrendous. And it also, I should correct uh, the fake media. One of them had a headline saying, "I flipped." Well, uh, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I have nothing to flip about. It, the only way I could flip is if I committed uh, perjury, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, the information that I have, uh, that I gave to them willingly and freely, is all what you would call exculpatory. It's uh, innocent behavior. Yeah. If anything, it 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 suggests. That what he did was completely legal he just followed uh, the steps that you would follow to make a challenge and he had every right to do it because despite their uh lies and the way they control the media there was a reasonable basis on which to contest these states they all had a substantial number of uh, uh, fraud
0: issues mr mr mary no we know that and you're allowed to object to things in america you know it's funny what they're doing to you guys. Uh, listen to this. They think this is smoking gun email of something, a smoking gun evidence of something illegal. I call it a voicemail, and I think it's perfectly acceptable. It's you on the voicemail. Let's go ahead, Mr.
3: Speaker. This is Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis. We're calling you together because we'd like to discuss, obviously, the election. Hey, Brian. It's Rudy. I really have something important to call to your attention that I think really changes things. I understand that you don't want to talk to me now. I just want to bring some facts to your attention and talk to you as a fellow Republican.
0: I mean, how courteous can you be? I'd like to talk to you. You're not coercive. You're not you're allowed to do these things in America. They say that's coercion and you are forcing these guys and trying to intimidate them. I don't buy that, by the way, but that's what they say. What was the intimidation? Exactly.
3: Uh, I mean, the guy the guy wouldn't return my call for a week. Because he wouldn't allow me to spend any time with the vice president so I could explain the evidence that I had. So the vice president could go in there without, I mean, basically he was applying the same censorship that they applied to the hard drive. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Mayor. And and I was being uh, shut out because I think they're afraid of me. I'm more persuasive than most people. But I, I'm not. I wasn't intimidated. That's ridiculous. It I'm is ridiculous. So look, overall, and if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be much of a lawyer.
0: <laughs> I got to ask you something. Um, I think they may have second thoughts about this case. Let's face it. All the other ones have gone nowhere. They only help Trump. He He improves in the polls. He improves in fundraising. This is probably going to do the same thing. Do you think they just said, well, if we did all this paperwork and it's going to satisfy our base. We're not going to get a conviction, but maybe we should just do it anyway for political reasons to make them look bad. Do you think that might have been the whole thing here?
3: Yeah, but I think they're making a miscalculation. Uh, uh, these things are helping him. Uh, they, they, yeah, still, you don't want to go through it. Nobody wants to be indicted, even if you're conv- I didn't want to have my house searched and my law office searched. I wasn't acquitted. I mean, I was they found no evidence. They even wrote a letter to the grand jury saying there was no evidence. But I still would rather have not gone through it. Thank you. you. It also cost me probably my law practice.
0: Well, you didn't deserve it. You're going to be totally restored. I know it. I know it here. I know it deep down. And uh, history is going to be very kind to you, Mr. Mayor. You're not done fighting. Neither are we. Thank you very much, sir. And we'll be right back.
1: In 2010, our debt was $13 trillion. Gold was $1,000 an ounce. Today, $32 trillion and $2,000 an ounce. So now that we have $1 trillion in interest payments annually, another $1 trillion on defense, do we really think the spending is going to slow down? A surging national debt is bullish for gold. Bloomberg stated gold appears as a caged bull awaiting a catalyst. The oncoming commercial real estate crisis will be that catalyst. $1.5 trillion in interest-only loans are coming due. And with vacancies, plunging valuations, and higher interest rates, more companies are just going to walk away. It's no wonder Google searches for how to buy gold hit record levels in 2023. It's as simple as calling Patriot Gold Group today, by the way. Find out why they are an A-plus consumer affairs top-rated gold and silver company nationwide. Call the proud Americans at Patriot Gold today before it's too late. Mention Newsmax and you'll get best-in-class service from Patriots protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has no fee for life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be physical gold and silver. Call 888-309-9181. That's 888-309-9181. And get a free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is Consumer Affairs' top-rated gold IRA dealer for six years in a row. Call now, 888-309-9181. Protect your retirement with the Patriot Gold Group. Beloved here,
0: meteorologist and TV personality, and Elise Finch, here in New York City. Uh, she died this, this weekend. Weather she weather was on the air last California. week. She died this weekend at the age of 51, a married mother of... A young baby girl something something is going on here in new york city take a look at this
3: michael very chilly out here and the wind picks up a little bit you can see the newspapers flying right so there. Some of the this
0: is katherine craig uh, a field reporter at wnbc news she died uh in 2021 at the age of 48 uh a married mother of i think three young children um, she was a field reporter, worked the morning shift, just like that Channel 2 reporter. And then there's Lisa.
5: Well, good morning, Lori, and the frigid temperatures have really taken a toll on water mains throughout Suffolk County. Lisa right
0: Calagrasi, one of the great local report news reporters in all New York City history, uh, died in 2015, uh, also in her late 40s, and it's kind of crazy. Three women all worked the morning shift, all married mothers, dead way before their time, that's kind of crazy, and I'm just kind of connecting the dots here, I do believe that they were under unique pressure as television presenters working the graveyard shift, showing up at 2.30 in the morning, going to far-flung parts of the city sometimes. And, you know, shift work is, can be dangerous for anybody, whether you work at the post office or you're on TV. Look at what the CDC says, actually, the Centers for Disease Control. They actually do have some good data there. Research indicates that shift work increases health and safety risks by disturbing sleep and circadian rhythms and reducing time for family and non-work responsibilities. These immediate effects promote stress, fatigue, negative mood, discomfort, physiologic dysfunction, poor health behaviors, these in turn could lead to illnesses and injuries for the worker. Uh, this is bad stuff. Now, personally, I think that men can take it a little bit better, uh, often because they don't have the same child responsibilities. Sometimes they do, but let's face it, women seem to take on more of the responsibility. Um, graveyard shifts are tough for everybody, but I think especially women in television. Uh, It's kind of a veneer of glamour, but it's not really, okay? The pay is not what you think it is, especially uh, for some of these roles in the early, early morning. So three women dying in just a few years, working the same shift in the same city uh, at three different TV stations, I think that's a major problem. And I think that local news and national news, they could do something about it right now. Nobody should be working that shift for more than, say, six weeks or two months, or I don't know what the number is, but I think something can be done. Consider this: The television folks, especially women, have to worry about appearance, and that's another thing that if you work at, say, the post office, it's not as important. So my heart goes out to these women, all gone way before their time, and um, I think something can be done, and it means the fake news has got to do something real and helpful. I'll be right back.
3: You're on the go and need news now, no paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free and watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere.
0: Well, that is Sam Brown back when he was on active duty uh, as an army soldier in Afghanistan. Now, he's a hero, and four months into his deployment, he was ambushed, engulfed in flames, and uh, it was a tough road uh, of recovery, Uh, but he came back bigger and better than ever. He made a try for it, ran as a Republican for the United States Senate, uh, came in second to Mr. Laxalt, who, oh, by the way, failed to take the seat from the Democrat. Um, and he's trying again. Sam Brown joins us uh, from Nevada once again. Uh, congratulations on a very well-run race and better luck this time. Great to see you. How are you?
5: Greg, I'm doing great. It's, um, it's an honor to be able to be back uh, this time at the invitation of so many Nevadans who I had the honor to get to know, uh, get to know even better than I knew before over uh, these last couple of years. As, uh, as I traveled and I heard about their hopes and dreams, but also, you know, their, their fears and their disappointments and, and what is setting up to be this election cycle, really a battle between uh, D.C. values and American values and D.C.'s priorities and America's priorities. And folks like Senator Jackie Rosen and her Democrat colleagues are way out of step with what nevadans and what americans need and that's why i I answered that call and i've stepped up again to uh to take this fight on behalf of those of us uh who are, are frankly concerned that the pathway to the
0: american dream is uh at risk of being lost well i share that concern big time would you consider yourself america first uh would you consider yourself maga how would you characterize yourself in that space
5: Yeah, you know, I, I'm always going to be America first. Um, but I also want to let people know that I'm, I'm going to be a Nevada first leader as well. Um, you know, I think that's one of the things that we see out of folks like Jackie Rosen is, uh, they, they go to DC and they just become part of. Um, you know, the foot soldier army that follows uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Chuck Schumer's, you know, kind of coastal elite priorities. That doesn't align well with, with Nevada, with so much of our country. And so I, I'm all about um, someone, I'm, I'm here to be someone who not only knows what Americans are dealing with, um, you know, for example, uh, you know, a lot of people know about my military history. But after after I got out of the military, I went back to school, got my MBA. And Like so many others pursuing the American dream and starting a business, I had to work hard to do that. And I went to work in a warehouse uh, fulfilling uh, people's orders, packaging boxes, loading them on the trucks during the day. And in the morning before my shift and the evening afterwards, I was working on starting my business. And I realized that American dream and, and too many people don't feel like there's a pathway for them to do that anymore, largely because DC is in the way. And we need advocates and leaders who will
0: push for lower taxes, fewer regulations, and just be there to support the American people. Could you tell us a little bit about um, your family and uh, what you do when you're not involved in politics?
5: I've got an incredible family. Um, my wife Amy, I-, I met her in the burn unit um, in San Antonio, Texas. She worked there in the ICU as a dietitian. And um, you know, we that's how we got to know each other. So she she met me at my lowest point in life, um, loved me when when you could even barely see um, you know, my flesh through the bandages. We've got three beautiful children now. Our oldest son is almost twelve, our daughter is 10, and our youngest is eight. And uh we I just love this family so much. And it's it's really for my children and that generation that I believe. Uh, Folks like myself have to stand up. Um, We were given a gift in many ways by our, you know, the generations ahead of us. And that that gift is at
0: risk. And so they deserve fighters. Wow. You know, we saw a picture of you in the hospital on the way in. And obviously, you know, wow, you were uh, in tough shape. Did you ever uh, ever doubt that you would come through to the other side? Or do you ever look back and think like, look how far I've come? I mean, to see you with your family and to see how it started and to see how you met your wife right there. Did you ever doubt right. it? I, I
5: did. Um, the the lowest point of my my life, I, I literally, on the battlefield, um, as I was burning, um, I got to a point where I gave up the will to live. I, I thought that those flames were going to consume me all the way to the end. Uh, but that was a special moment because right as I gave that will up, and, uh, and I was crying out to God. Um, he heard my prayers, and uh, one of my soldiers came came to my aid just in time, and, and those words he told me will always stick with me. He said, Sir, I've got you. In those words, combined with his actions of putting himself in harm's way to smother those flames, uh, gave me the hope to live and the courage to fight on another day. I never could have imagined then where I'd be today, but sometimes those hardships are just part of our journey and uh, make us stronger.
0: Wow, (laughs) amazing, amazing. All right, so look, you went through a little bit of hardship politically too. You lost in Laxalt and uh, you probably learned a lot and uh, we're running out of time, but what are you gonna do different this time around?
5: You know, it's uh, it's all about connecting with Nevadans, um, demonstrating that I not only understand the issues, but I have solutions for them. We're dealing with inflation. We have to cut spending. We've got to get parents back in, engaged and engaged in control of our education instead of D.C. bureaucrats and teachers unions. We've got to fight back against the uh, risk to public safety. This all requires leadership. Um, this is something Jackie Rosen has failed at. And look, there's so much more I want to share with people. They can learn more at my website, CaptainSamBrown.com.
0: Yeah, um, Captain I'm here Sam. To fight
5: for America.
0: I'm sorry, CaptainSamBrown.com. You just said it. Sorry about that. Let's put it up on the screen and everybody can go to it and check it out. And I believe there might even be a way to give money. Do we have that that we could put up on the screen? I guess not, but it's easy to remember CaptainSamBrown.com. And Captain Sam Brown, we thank you very much. Good luck. Come back soon. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. You bet. We'll be right back. So look what they're putting President Trump through over the past couple of months. All this stuff, all this stuff, the phony arrests, the indictments and uh, all coming to a head here right in the middle of the presidential season. We're only a few months away, really, from Iowa when you think about it. And now we're hearing another indictment coming soon uh, regarding January 6th. It's all a scam. I think it's all helping President Trump, but uh, it's never good when you get indicted, right? Mark Simone joins us, iHeartRadio talk show host, and Joe degeneva former United States attorney for Washington, D.C., Newsmax contributor. Welcome to you both. Joe, um, <laughs> it's a tragedy. But he he always survives. What do you think of this this rumor of an indictment? More than a rumor, it looks like it's happening.
4: Well, it's clear that uh, Jack Smith is worried about the Florida case because of the type of jury that the president might get. And so he's decided to indict the president on insurrection and rebellion charges, which would disqualify the president from taking office if he were convicted. Uh, Plus, he's decided that he's going to get a slam dunk conviction in front of a D.C. jury. No doubt he'll get the indictment that he wants. So this is clearly a political decision made. And it's been done now, Uh, interestingly enough, the day before uh, the uh, two uh, IRS uh, whistleblowers are going to testify on Capitol Hill.
0: Wow. Uh, Mark Simone, they're not even really going to any lengths to hide their bias and their corruption. They're just going to get this guy no matter what they think.
2: Well, yeah, they had no choice. Listen, he had the uh, turning point poll where he went up in the polls, so they got to indict him again. Uh, obviously, Joe's an expert here, and he knows the reason for this January 6th stuff. It'll absolutely put it in D.C. where they can get a totally biased, Trump-hating jury. All you got to do is get him on one count. You know, they'll, they'll throw in everything—wire fraud. Nobody knows what the heck wire fraud is, but. <laughs> One dumb juror can convict him on wire fraud, and that could be it. Uh, And it's fascinating that—remember when uh, Ken Starr was going after Bill Clinton? All they did was hound Ken Starr. The media camped out on his lawn. They went after him, his family. Have you ever seen one article about Jack Smith, where he lives, who's on the staff? Total silence from the corrupt media.
0: Wow, what a great point. You're right. Uh, We have found out that his wife is a movie maker with Michelle Obama, and they've given money to Democrats Hey, what about the Constitution that says something about having an impartial jury? It says it in the Constitution that jury by, you know, it's got to be an impartial jury. And if it's overwhelmingly Democrat and you're the president of the United States, you're President Trump, how can he get a fair trial? Is this all in violation, having a trial there in Washington, D.C., a violation of his constitutional rights, Joe?
4: Well, I think a very good argument can be made for that. It's pretty clear that the jury system in the District of Columbia is biased Over 90 percent Democrat. They're all Trump haters. Comments by juries in previous cases involving Republicans showed an amazing amount of prejudice against Republicans. Uh, I don't think there's any way the president can get a fair trial. He's entitled to request a change of venue, which he won't get. I think the jury selection will be insufficient. I think the vetting will be insufficient. I don't think the president, if he's indicted, can possibly get a fair trial in the District of Columbia. I think that's why Jack Smith is bringing the case there.
0: All right. So this is serious. I mean, can he delay this thing until he gets in there somehow, delay it and then pardon himself? I would be totally for that, by the way. Can he
4: what's the strategy? What would you recommend? Well, I I just think the bottom line is he needs to do everything he can to delay any proceeding whatsoever, state or federal. But the, the problem for him is he's not going to get necessarily cooperation from the federal judges, certainly not in the District of Columbia maybe a little bit of cooperation in Florida because of the classified information issues, which make that a much more complicated case, which is another reason I think Jack Smith is going to indict in D.C. because he's worried about the complexity of the Florida case. Uh,
0: Thank you very much, Joe. DeGeneva and Mark Simone, last word, if you don't mind. Uh, I hope we can stall this till November and
2: then have the largest jury ever in history. The entire American public will make the decision. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Love it. Love it. Thank you both, gentlemen. Uh, And we'll be right back. It's true.
3: I am an America first liberty loving Latino. That's why I know this country is
1: worth fighting for. That's why the Chris Salcedo show will always tell you the truth. The Chris Salcedo show for the news you need to know.
0: Thank you very much. See you tomorrow.